Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. Happy last episode of 2022, folks. I don't know about you, but I felt like 2022 sucked more than 2020 and 2021. This is coming from myself being a medical doctor on the front lines of the pandemic. I don't know what it was about this year. There was just a lot of rage in everybody. And I'm not talking about like the rage happy that I tend to have. You know, I'm so happy I'm just raging. It was the opposite of that. There's a lot of angry people around. It was a hard year. And also where I live up in central Ontario, we got a year's worth of snow in 24 hours. We got over four feet of snow in 24 hours on Christmas Day and Boxing Day. And I woke up this morning and there was more snow on the ground. My goodness. That is why I picked Aaron Zukowski as my final guest of 2022, because let's go out with a huge amount of joy, laughter, and hilariousness. And she is that. Erin was an office manager turned improv performer, comedian, and actress. She has a hilarious life story. She has a life story that does have some significant trauma, sadness, and grief. But if her and I learned anything from our time at Second City, you find the humor through the sadness. She is an absolute joy, an absolute riot. I had to push the mute button on my recording so many times because I was laughing so hard. Please enjoy the hilariously wonderful Aaron Zukowski. story? Like, how did you get to where you are now? Uh, well, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. Um, so I, you know, it was kind of typical suburban upbringing, just central Florida, you know, it wasn't a ton of culture. It was, you know, the culture there was Disney and that was in the theme parks and stuff like that. That was kind of like all there was really going on. Um, but I always had an interest in acting, like even at a young age, like I would, you know, like all kids, you know, I would like play imagination, you know, games and do stuff. And I like, I just told my husband recently, I was like, yeah, I would do this thing where I would like, when I would get into the shower, I would like pretend like I was like walking into a rainstorm and I would have these like dramatic like moments, you know, while I was showering, I was pretending like I was like breaking up with someone like ridiculous stuff. And I was like nine years old. And he was like, okay, you're, you're weird. No, I, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, yep. Like yes. I just always kind of did that. And like, I would like, you know, I was never a real girly girl. I was like pretty athletic too. I played sports, I played softball. And so, you know, I, I kind of had a good balance, but I, you know, I always like was like drawn to kind of like the creative stuff, you know, from a young age. And my, my mom is a te- was a teacher. She's retired now. And my dad was um, an artist and a carpenter and like, you know, worked with his hands and um, they had both done some acting in college and stuff. So I kind of, it was a very creative family and, you know, very conducive to that kind of stuff. Um, and then I hit, you know, middle school, which I don't know, sucks for <laughs> as far as I know everyone, but <laughs> maybe there are some, maybe there are some people who had great middle school years, but that was a challenging time. Um, you know, my parents wound up splitting up during that time. And so it kind of like, and I, you know, I went from going to like an elementary school where it was like just one, you know, one teacher and my mom taught at the same elementary school and it was like, I knew everybody and everything to go into middle school and like changing classes and riding buses and doing all this stuff. And now I know as an 
as an adult and I've done a lot of work and I've gone to therapy and I've like read a lot of, you know, self growth books and things like that. I now realize that I am an HSP, a highly sensitive person, as I'm sure mm. most, a lot of actors are because we have to be empathetic mm. and connect with emotions and things. So now looking back on my childhood, I'm like, Oh, I think I was just overwhelmed. You know, I was just like, I had a, a hyper sensitive nervous system and I just would get easily overwhelmed. But that kind of just wound up like pushing me towards like, withdrawing from like school and things like that like I just wasn't I was always very social and I played sports like I said but I didn't love school I hated homework I hated the like the grind and I was like I'm never gonna use math like I hate math I'm never gonna use math like why do I you know I just was like over it I was kind of over this whole situation so I got through middle school got through high school my first period class my first day of freshman year of high school was acting I was like so excited to go to a place where I could like finally like take an acting class and all that stuff and my three best friends were in the class with me. So it was like really fun. Um, but then after like that year, you know, it was just like everybody kind of gets in their own little cliques and like moves around. And like I wasn't a drama. Yeah, I wasn't in with the drama kids. So I kind of gave up acting for that, you know, time period and just tried to get through high school. And so I barely graduated high school <laughs> because I just skipped a lot of I was over it, like I said, and I skipped a lot of class and smoked a lot of cigarettes. I was kind of like the bad girl a little bit for like my senior year of high school. Um, and I got out and then I was like, I don't know what I want to do. You know, I just like, I didn't want to really go to college. I wasn't really feeling it. I went to one semester community college and I was just like, okay, this is, I just wasn't feeling it. So I just started working. I started working in offices. Um, I did a lot of temp work. I did a lot, you know, I was a receptionist at various places. I worked at, um, like a Sears scratch and dent outlet center as like a truck dispatcher for a little while. Like I had like terrible kind of trashy weird jobs. It was Florida. You have to bear in mind all of this is like through the lens of Florida. So anything you've heard about Florida is true. Um, (laughs) That guy from Florida. Um, And you know, so, and I had this boyfriend at the time and you know, and so yeah, so during that time period, my dad passed away and that was like really shocking to me because we'd had, we'd been like, super tight, you know, when I was younger. And then like, you know, things get a little harder when you're going through your dumb school skipping years. Um, and then, um, you know, so we kind of had, you know, we were estranged for a little bit and then we got kind of reconnected and I was, I was like ready. I was like, you know what, I'm ready to like sign up for classes. I'm ready to go to college. I'm ready to do all this stuff. was feeling good. And then he passed away and that just kind of threw my world upside down. And, you know, as most 19 year olds probably, don't deal well with like grief and like really, you know, processing your feelings and all that stuff. So I just, you know, I kind of partied a lot. I was with this boyfriend at the time. who was not good. You know, he was just not great news. He was just kind of weird. Um, path, he wound up being a pathological liar, (laughs) which was great. Um, and so I was just struggling. I was just trying to make ends meet and just trying to get through day by day and just, you know, also trying to kind of escape the like trashy Florida world that I was kind of being sucked into because I just had no real direction. And, um, and I'm really close with my mom and she's wonderful, but like I, there was just a point where she was just like, you know, I don't know how to help you (laughs) like get on a good, on a good path. Um, then my, my boyfriend and I wound up getting evicted from our apartment (laughs) because, um, our, somebody burned down our leasing office and I, and my grand wisdom of the time was like, well, like, you know, I was like 20, I think I was like, well, they burned down the leasing office. Like we probably don't have to pay rent. I mean, this is so stupid. This is like how dumb of a human I was at the time. Um, turns out, you know, it was 1999. So like computers existed, like records were there. It wasn't like, you know, <laughs> it was just a dumb time. 
Um, so I wound up moving back in with my mom, with my boyfriend, and some cats we had that had had kittens. I mean, it was like a real shit show. Oh, can I swear? I don't know if I'm allowed. Totally. <laughs> okay. So it was a real shit show of a situation. I showed up to my mom on like Christmas Eve and was like, surprise. <laughs> um, we decided to um, get to leave our apartment early because we just, you know, we got a good deal on the storage. I don't know what nonsense I told her. And she was like, okay, whatever. So we were all living under the same roof. Still reeling kind of from like my dad's passing away because at the time, like my mom and he had been separated, but they were, it was hard for her, obviously. It was, at the, yeah. it was I remember her saying, it was like around the time that Sony Bono had passed and like Cher was like in the, you know, it was like they had not been together anymore, but she was like, I feel like Cher <laughs> because it's like we spent so much of our life together and now he's gone and it's just weird. Yeah. Anyway, I'm rambling, but long story short, I get to a point where that spring after I'd moved back in with my mom, my friend who was living in Chicago at the time was like, why don't you come up and visit for Memorial Day weekend? And I was like, okay, I, I would love to. So I went up and it was like the first time I'd really like hung out in a city and like seen culture. And like, we went to like a weird little play and like we were hanging out in kind of like arty areas and like eating. It's the first time I'd ever had Thai food, you know? <laughs> and I was like, wow, it's so cool here. Like, I love it. And so I came back and my my boyfriend hadn't gone with me at the time. My ex-boyfriend had not gone with me. And he was like, well, I want to move to Chicago. And I was like, okay, well, I do too. And my mom was like, I think you need to get out of Florida, <laughs> try something new, and just go out and, like, you know, explore. I was like, okay. So, like, I saved up money. And then, like, I think a month and a half, two months later, we packed a moving truck and we moved up to Chicago. And I wound up taking the room in my friend. My friend wound up moving out to go to school in Michigan. And so I wound up taking over her room in a three-bedroom apartment with a couple of roommates. He was living with someone else. Um, and that relationship quickly deteriorated. <laughs> but in the meantime, he had introduced me to some of his high school friends, uh, Linda and Bart. And Linda worked in advertising. And so she, I met her. We immediately clicked. We, like, hit it off. We became fast friends. And she got me a job in media in Chicago. So I went from being like this trashy little, like, like, I don't even know what I was doing with my life. You know, I look back now and I'm like, okay, just be gentle on yourself. You were going through a lot. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. um, so I, I, um, got a job in media and I was like, wow, I have like made it. I'm like going to like these tall office buildings in downtown Chicago and I'm wearing like cool blouses and like going to like after hours, like, you know, events and stuff like that. And I had a great time. And then six months later, I got laid off <laughs> because yeah. it was like the, you know, last one hired, first one out because they were like doing budget cuts and stuff. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to have to make this work. And so I like had some connections and I reached out to people and I had a bunch of interviews in a few days and I wound up getting hired on at like another media company. And I worked there for a few years um, and just had a really good time because I was like in with good people and you know, I just, it was nice to be able to like connect with, other, and, you know, it was like, I had not gone to college and done that whole thing, but I was like, at the time now I was like 21, 22. And I was like hanging out with people who were like that age who had just graduated. So I kind of feel like I got to like live that like post college life a little bit, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was cool. And then, um, so I was at that job for a while. And in that time period I met who is now my husband, Scott, um, through my roommate at the time, I remember we were hanging out one day and she was like, um, she's like, what's your ideal guy? And I was like, I don't know, like tall, dark hair, funny, creative, like maybe writer. And she was like, oh, oh my God, you have to meet my friend Scott. 
because you just described him to a T, but he lives in Michigan. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And then a few weeks later, he came to town for his birthday. And she's like, you got to come out. Like, Scott's going to be there tonight. And I was like, I don't want to. Like, I'm wearing a stupid outfit. And I had a long week. And, like, I, my hair is greasy. And, like, I look dumb. And I don't want to go. And she's like, just come. And I'm like, okay. So we went out. And I we started talking. And we hit it off. And we talked all night. And we were, like, totally, like, you know, smitten with each other. Uh, but then he had to go back to to Michigan. And I had a blind date the next day. It was, like, the early days of... Um, internet dating. It was like the, 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 the 2004. So it was like the beginning of like online dating. And I had had like, I had been emailing with this guy and I had a date with him the next day in Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. And we, we met and we, he didn't talk to me for two, we walked around the zoo for like two hours and he wouldn't make conversation. And the whole time I was just thinking, I was like, that guy I met last night, like I like him so much and he doesn't live here. Ugh. And then a couple weeks later, my roommate was going back to Michigan for Easter. And she's like, do you want to come? And I was like, yes. And so I came back and then we hung out again. And then that was like when we decided to like pursue a relationship long distance for a year. And then I asked him to move in like a year later and he moved to Chicago. And we had, you know, we were like getting set up. We're like, okay, we're like starting our lives. This is great. I asked my other roommate to move out because... A lot of roommates had come and gone during the time period that I lived there, but the one remaining roommate was there, and I was like, look, Scott's going to move in, and like, and she's like, okay, no problem, so she moved out, and we're like, all right, we're starting our lives together, and then we got a notice slipped under our door that said, we're turning this building condo, and you have three months to move out. You can either buy your unit or move out, and we're like, okay, fine, so we found a new apartment, but it was actually a blessing in disguise because we found a place that was great for us, and it was like... We lived there for 10 years. We, you know, we had great landlords, um, amazingly low rent. It was like a beautiful, you know, hardwood floors and like beautiful wooden beams, vintage charm, you know, it was great. And we really built our lives there. So we really cultivated a great group of friends through that. And they were people who did, you know, sketch comedy and improv and like were in plays and did like one man shows and things like that. So we were always like going to events and like going to you know these things so I kind of was always like on the fringe of like this creative world um but never thought in a million years that I would like ever pursue anything like that like it didn't even cross my mind I was like that's for other people you know I'm a trash bag from Florida I'm just going to be miserable in an office for the rest of my life and that's just my life and that's fine um (laughs) I'll just enjoy it you know via peripherally or whatever days before I got fired (laughs) from my job that I've been at for seven years, my husband um, had written a screenplay and it had been a finalist in the Chicago Screenwriting Contest, um, Chicago Screenwriters Network or something contest. And so that Sunday evening, we'd like gone to a little event and he came in third and we were like so excited and we're like, this is awesome. Like, you've really got this like talent, you know, it was the first uh, screenplay he'd ever really written. We'd written one together a few years before. (laughs) terrible but this was like the first good screenplay you know that he did and um so that happened and then like two days later I got fired and then I'd already had a vacation planned to Florida to go see my mom and my sister was coming in from Colorado where she lived at the time and um I you know I got down there and they picked me up from the airport and I'm like (laughs) I don't know how to tell you this but like I got fired from that job and they're like why and I'm like I don't know they didn't give me a reason I think it was because I started asserting myself to the boss and he didn't like that. Mm. Um, 
And so while I was down there, just kind of reeling from like, what is going on? Scott, my husband had gone to like a film panel, um, at a Cinespace in Chicago and they were talking about screenwriting and things. And they're like, you know, if you're serious about screenwriting, like really you got to go to LA, like that's the place you should go. And so I remember like being on the phone with him and he called me and he was like, I don't know, do you want to move to LA? And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so that was like, I think March, 2014, um, and so we decided to do it. And so we were like, all right, we got to figure some stuff out. And like, I, we went out, I think that August we came out together. He'd never even been to LA. I'd been out once, um, to visit a friend and I was like, it's kind of cool. Like I like LA, like we should, you know, think about it. And so he never had been. And so he came out and we came out together and he went to a screenwriting, um, conference and we just kind of like looked around different areas and he's like, We'd gone all over, like we'd been all over all neighborhoods of um, L.A. And on the last day before we were going to the airport, we stopped in Santa Monica. And he's like, I like it here. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, it's beautiful. Like, I love it here, too. But like, we can't possibly live here. Right. And he's like, well, I don't know. Like, let's try. I'm like, OK. So we, you know, saved a bunch of money and get, got a plan and figured out a bunch of stuff. In the meantime, I proposed to him. <laughs> <laughs> we'd been together for like t- about 11, almost 11 years and I'd always know that he's like you know if you want to get married like we can get married but you don't really seem like you want to and I never really had any interest in that I was like I don't need to get married my parents are divorced my sister is divorced all my aunts were you know it was like I was like I don't need I know we're in it to win it like I don't need a piece of paper but then suddenly once I knew we were moving to LA it was like I want to be like, let's protect each other and like be, you know, we'd gone through his, his dad had passed away in 2013. And so just kind of seeing like the behind the scenes of just, you know, this adult stuff that you have to deal with. And like, I was like, I want us to be able to make decisions for each other. I don't want anyone else to Mm -hmm. be able to come in and, and, you know, affect our lives. (laughs) I want it to be us. We're a team. We arrive, you know, we come to, you know, we arrived to our apartment because I had come out a couple weeks uh, beforehand and like found a place and we came and we were newly married and newly living in, you know, California and we didn't have jobs. We were like, we'll figure it out when we get there. And we did. So we, you know, he got, he was doing marketing. So he got a marketing job and I had been doing office management at an architecture firm. So I got an office manager job at a big architecture firm. And it was like the most, it was like the healthiest place I'd ever worked. You know, it was like, professional and like they had like an education budget and they took care of people and like all this stuff. And it was really great for a long time. Um, and in that time period, like I would have to give like all office presentations. Um, and I would get up and I would be so nervous. I was like, I hate talking in front of people. Like I hated it. Um, and so I was like, well, what if I use my education budget to take like an improv class? Because it's something I've always kind of like been interested in, but I never, I I actually had signed up one time for a a, um, comedy sports class in Chicago, um, but it got canceled before it started because not enough people signed up. So I was like, the one time I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And it, you know, so it was like so many things in my life had been like, yay, and then disappointment. Um, So I was like, I'm going to see. So I talked to my bosses and I was like, Hey, I think I'd like to take improv classes. And they're like, that's a great idea. So they 
said yes. And I was like, okay. And so I started level one improv at IO West in, you know, Hollywood in like 2017, I think it was. And I went through the whole program. They paid for all of it. I graduated. We did our run of grad shows. You know, it was super fun. Um, and then literally like, (laughs) so I was like so excited. I was like, you know, and our team had momentum and I was like, we're going to start playing around town and like, we're going to, maybe we could get a slot like at, you know, like a standing slot at IO. Um, and it was just such a fun community because they had like a, a bar there. And so it was like, it was just a place where people would come and hang out and like, you could pop into a show and you'd always see some, but like, we'd see like Jack McBrayer from like 30 Rock or like, um, you know, the guy who played Mr. Trigger on Friends or Joe Mayo on Seinfeld, they were just like alums and like would just come and be there and hanging out. And I was like, this is so exciting. Um, and then I think like a week into our grad run, I think we had a few weeks of shows and then they said the theater's closing. (laughs) Uh. So literally our last night of shows, uh, our final show was the last night the theater was open. (laughs) So I was like, this sucks. (laughs) What's going on? Um, but then, you know, we stayed together as, like, a, a group, and we would, like, play around. We, did, like, did some shows around town and stuff. And then the group just kind of wound up petering out, and, you know, we kind of stopped doing stuff together. And then after a while, I was like, well, I really want to get back into this, and I want to, like, study it more. So I wound up um, auditioning for Second City Conservatory. Um, I didn't have to start at the ground level because I already had I.O. Um, behind me. And so I... Um, got into Second City Conservatory and had amazing teachers, you know, and a lot of people who'd been in Chicago. So like we, even though I wasn't at Second City Chicago during that time period, I was, we had people at Friends in Common and like, you know, stuff like that. And it was just really, it was just a great community. And I met so many wonderful people. And then a woman on my um, team, Kylie, like she was shooting, she's from New Zealand and she was shooting like web shorts and funny little comedy bits. And I was like, you know, if you ever like want me to be in anything like I would you know she's like okay yeah let's do it so she like wrote some sketches and like me and a few other people like you know but I never I still at the time I was like I just wanted it as an outlet because people would ask me they're like oh you're an actor right they would just assume I was an actor and I was like no they're like oh like people were always surprised like that I wasn't pursuing it and I was like you know at the time I was like I'm like 40 years old like what kind of 40 year old is just gonna like become an actor that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard like that's not gonna happen whatever (laughs) And then, but people could be like, but you're an actor. And I'm like, no, I'm not. They're like, but you're good. And I'm like, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun outlet. It gives me something to like, you know, enjoy outside of my day job, which was at the same time sort of getting like unhealthier and unhealthier, (laughs) Um, but just wasn't like satisfying me. And literally my office had, it was a cool office and it had like, you know, it was like all windows and it looked out over the Hollywood Hills and the Hollywood sign. I could see the Hollywood sign like right out my window and I would just be there and I was like, and I was going through perimenopause. So I was just like crying a lot for no reason. Like my hormones were all over the place and like open office. So I would just be like sitting there like, I couldn't do anything. You can only hide in the bathroom for so long before you're just like, this is my reality and I have to get through it. And I would just like stare out at the window and be like, I wish I was doing anything but this, you know. Um, And then so I started kind of doing some web short stuff, finishing up classes with Second City. We had our our grad review. That was a great experience because, you know, it was like putting on a show and like we're writing sketches and rehearsing and rewriting and doing the marketing and like, you know, 
the graphics for like the stage and all this stuff. And it was so fun. And I like, it really like, it just inspired me. I was like, I love this. Like, this is what I want to do, you know? Um, and so we got through our shows and they were super fun and we had great response. And I was actually really lucky because a lot of people from my company like supported, like I would like post it on our intranet and like, you know, and so I think like, I think, I don't know, I think like 40 people or something like over the course of shows, like came to support and like, we're all like, keep us, you know, what you, whatever you do next, like, let us know. Like people were really, I mean, not my bosses, they could have given a crap, but my friends at work <laughs> were very supportive yeah. and really um, wonderful. And so we got through those shows. We had our graduation night. You know, the head of the program was like, you know, you guys can do anything. Like, you can take, you know, the Second City, um, you know, this, this knowledge and this experience and, like, go out and, like, into the world of entertainment and, and, and you do you. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. I was going to um, audition for a house improv team. I was, like, really excited. And this was uh, end of February 2020. <laughs> So a couple weeks later, the audition got canceled because it was like literally the, the day that like the entire world shut down. It was like, no. that was the day I was supposed to have the audition. And I was like, all right, well, this will just be a couple weeks and we'll, you know, and then I'll, then I'll hit the ground running. And then it was just like, you know, the story from there, it's like everything shut down and nobody was, you know, and so then we went to work from home and, and then in that time period, like working from home, it was like my relationship with my direct boss like just sort of deteriorated because he was very old school and he was very much of like, if I can't see you, then you must not be working kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, everyone in the world is working from home right now. (laughs) And they kept trying to be like, well, we're going to see about getting people back in here. And I'm like, are you crazy? Do you know what's going on? Like This is an unprecedented global crisis. I don't think we're coming back next week, you know? So there was just that. And that was a hard time. And being an empath and being a highly sensitive person and just being a human, you know, it was like everything that was going on and people are dying and there's fights and all this stuff about Mm. how to protect people. It was like hard, you know, it was really like devastating. Mm. I mean, my husband and I are both very sensitive people and we absorb a lot of like stress and sadness when it's going on in the world. And so I would, you know, I'd be talking to my boss and be like, how are you doing? And I'm like, terrible. Like everything's the worst. (laughs) You know, and he'd be like, all right, well, and he just would like, would not, he just didn't care about the human side Mm -hmm. of things. And I was like, all right, well, okay. And so then we got to a point later in the year where it was time for my review. And I was like, look, like, I would like to move more into like an HR world because I really like, I like the like employee journey and like helping people like, you know, feel connected. And um, that was just the direction I wanted to go in, kind of like an employee engagement. manager or something and like give a chance for some people on my team to rise up to like office management and then maybe bring some more people in because we'd grown so much and their response was literally like um we don't even really know what you and your team do here and I was like what (laughs) like I was so taken aback I was just like this can't be real like is this really happening um so I decided in that moment I was like all right I know where I stand here but it was like October and I was like, I'm just going to get through the end of the year. I'm going to get my end of year bonus. I'm going to get my end of year raise. And then I will, you know, I'll look for a new job and then I, I will like put in my notice in the new year. And then that wound up, um, 
accelerating because over the, like right before the holidays, we had an all office, like virtual meeting where my boss literally thanked like everyone in the company, except for me and my team. And I was like, Hey, that's kind of doesn't feel great. Maybe I was like texting him. I'm like, maybe you could, um, just give us a shout out. You didn't give us a slide or anything like that, but maybe you could just say thanks. And he was like, no. (laughs) And I was like, all right. So I already had vacation plan. I was like, taking two weeks off around the holidays anyway. So I was like, okay, that was the last day before my vacation kicked in. Took the two weeks off the holidays and I was like, I'm so done. I went in on the Sunday before everybody came back on Monday, cleared out my desk, went home, wrote a resignation letter, sent it first thing Monday morning. Nobody responded until Tuesday afternoon. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm so done. I gave them a month's notice so that I could like try, cause I was worried about my team and I wanted to transition as safely for everyone um, as possible. And then my plan, sorry, this is, I feel like a really long answer to one question. <laughs> um, I uh, put in my notice, was going to leave, and I was just going to go get another office job. And I was thinking, I was like, maybe I can find something in social justice or something. Like, I got to do something where I can, like, make a difference or, like, something I care about. And at that time, my husband was like, why don't you pursue acting full time? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And he was like, no, seriously, you've kind of been like, you were, you know, I feel, feel like you had momentum a couple years ago and then like IO closed. You had momentum and then Second City and the pandemic. Like, you're good. I believe in you. I think you could do this, but it's going to take like time and effort and stuff. And like, we'll scale back and we'll, you know, budget and we'll just, we'll try this. And I was like, oh, oh okay, great what do I do now? <laughs> you know, it's like, like I had my last day at work. We had like a happy hour zoom, you know, thing. And it was just like technical difficulties the whole time. And it was like me troubleshooting. And then it just ended. And I was like, all right, well, bye forever. You know, people that I worked with for five and a half years, I guess that's over. Um, and then I had an on-camera acting class the next morning. It was like the first class, on-camera class I was taking. It was over zoom, of course. And um, I was like, this is the first day of the rest of my life. I don't know how to be an actor. I don't know like what it takes. And Scott was like, Google it. Like, let's just go to the internet. We'll go find some videos on YouTube of like, what do you need to do to be an actor? And I'm like, okay. And so he like, we literally sat down and we did that. And I found a video by this woman, Wendy Elaine Wright. She runs um, talent managers for actors or whatever. Um, Facebook group and um, the Hollywood winner circle and stuff. And she just was like very... She's like, this is what you got to do. These are the top 10 steps. These are the things you should be doing. And I was like, oh, well, I've already kind of done like five or six of these things. I guess I can do this, you know? And then I just, I just took the next couple months. I knew I needed headshots and all that stuff. I couldn't get in with my headshot photographer for like four months. So I just spent that time just like learning as much as I could about how everything works and like what I needed to do. And I was taking the classes. So I started feeling like I had momentum and community and then in-person classes came back. And so I got to go to the studio and like meet people in person and like act in person with people. Um, And then I got my headshots and um, a friend of mine who I'd known at IO like referred me to her commercial agent. So I got a commercial agent. And then I started, I wanted to get in with central casting, but they were closed to new people for a long time because of the pandemic. And then that opened up. So it was like June of last year, like we're almost coming up on the one year anniversary. It's like, I got in with central casting. I got my headshots. I got my commercial um, agent. And that 
was the beginning, you know, and then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> so, you know, and then I started doing background. I made the mistake of booking out one time and telling my agent that I was doing background. And she's like, you shouldn't be doing background. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, background, you know, it's just like, we need, you know, this is all about momentum and we need to make sure you're available. And I was like, look, I'm a grown woman. I was an office manager for a 140 person firm. I've like, I've been living in like calendars and outlook and organization and spreadsheets and stuff for like 20 years. I will keep it together. You know, I will, I will walk out on a background gig. If I, if I have a really good audition or callback or something like, I will prioritize this. I promise. But in the meantime, I want to get onset experience and I want to like meet other people. And I would like to make a little bit of money. You know, (laughs) it's like, I would like to be doing something. Um, so I told her that and then she kind of like backed off and I'm like, okay. And then I just stopped. I was just like, well, I'll just book it. And then if it ever is an issue, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But in the meantime, I'm not going to book out for background or if I'm booking out, I'm not going to say it's for background. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I had so many great, wonderful background ex- experiences. And then I started auditioning and I was like doing, you know, and it's all self tapes as I'm sure, you know, most things are with you as well. And it's like, you know, but that was weird because I was coming to it new and I hadn't had in, you know, cause I would hear people complain like, Oh, like I miss being in the room and you know, self tapes suck. And I was like, I don't know any different, you know, this is like kind of just where I'm starting from. I'm like, I kind of like the idea of not having to like drive all over town and like look for parking and like worry about being late or like stressed out or something. I'm like, that's kind of nice. I can kind of learn this at my own pace. I can take as many takes as I want at the beginning because I'm like learning and figuring it out. Um, and then I started like, as I would go, you know, I'd be like, okay, stop taking so many takes. Like you need to get to the point where if you, if this was an in-person audition, you need to be able to just like go in and rock it out, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I auditioned. Um, I would say I had like one to three commercial auditions a week, probably from like, I don't know, July to like February of this year. And I hadn't booked a single thing. I hadn't gotten a single call back and I was like, what? am I doing? (laughs) Like, what is wrong with me? So I signed up for, um, an advanced commercial zoom callback class with Judy Kane at keep it real acting. And it kind of kicked my ass. Cause I was like, I suck. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I felt like everybody else was so far ahead of me. And like, so, you know, just like already like they, they knew the secret sauce and I was just like this outsider. That's like how I felt. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but it was a great class because it helped me grow and it helped me, like I met great, um, industry professionals. She would have like guests every week. So I got to meet like, um, Jeff Pride and like Spencer Kramer and George Ketsios, like people who were like session directors, commercial directors, casting people who were giving feedback. They were great, you know, great people. Uh, Judy Kane, she's been in like a billion things. So she knows what she's talking about. The other, I started kind of getting to a point with the other people in the class where, and it was all over zoom too. So it's like, it's a little harder to connect with people. But by the end, I was like, okay, I feel like I connected with people and stuff. And within, so I'd gone from like zero callbacks to within, I hadn't even wrapped her class yet. And I had my first in-person callback and I went. And then two of the people from her class who had been like guests were there also auditioning for like different parts. And I was like, oh, it's like a sense of community. <laughs> like finally, <laughs> you know? it's great. Um, and so I, um, I didn't book that, but I felt great that I had gotten a callback. I was like, fine. And I got put on a veil. So I was like, first callback, first avail. I was like, okay, finally. And then I had like another callback, a zoom callback and I booked it. And that was the first thing I booked first, like real commercial that I booked. Um, 
and I shot it in March and it was like, and now it's airing on like the East coast and it's like, I can see it. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I have people, they're like, Oh my God, I just saw your commercial. And I'm like, what a wild ride, <laughs> you know, but I went from having zero callbacks to like four callbacks within like a week or something. It was crazy. And so I think just like the process that she helps me understand of like, personalizing like grounding it like you know if like you're in a you know and it's always like I'm mom you know I'm commercial mom that's like what I'm auditioning for and um you know she's like make it real kids like if you don't have kids which we don't make it your best friend's kid I'm like okay you know it's like stuff like that like make the husband your husband make these things you know like make it more personal I think I wasn't doing that before I was just kind of going through the motions and once I really found out how to like and she's like a whole process of like a little worksheet of like you know who are you? Where are you? What are you doing? How do you feel? And all that stuff, like going through that process really helped me like feel more connected to what I was doing. And so, yeah, so I booked and shot and it was great. And I walked onto that set and there was a shit ton of people there. And if I had not had background experience, I would have been like, what? You know, but because I'd been on so many sets and been on like, you know, in so many high stress kind of situations with, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. I felt great. I I called my mom on the way home. She's like, how was it? I was like, it was wonderful. I never have felt more myself or more like I was exactly doing what I should be doing. And she's like, I'm so glad. I keep waiting for you to have a moment where it's terrible. And I'm like, don't want that to happen. (laughs) I'm glad that you're because everything I've been doing, I'm like, how was it? I'm like, it was great. I'm on the right track and she's like oh thank goodness she's like nervous you know that I that something's gonna like that I'm gonna be treated poorly or something and I'm like I was treated poorly for 20 years in offices like this is nothing you know people will be like oh the rejection how do you deal with the rejection I'm like I was rejected all the time for my entire corporate career I mean nobody takes you know unless you're like a very higher up or you know one of the special people they don't care about (laughs) who you are or what you want or what you need. I mean, they just don't. So I'm like, at least now I'm doing something fun that I enjoy. And, um, you know, hopefully I'll book more and more stuff will come. And, you know, and then I've been doing short films and student films and web shorts and things like that. And it's just been fun. I'm like, this is, this is the stuff. And I feel like if I'd come to it earlier in life, I probably wouldn't have brought as much discipline or, you know, um, just, I just wouldn't have understood, or I would have gotten more in my head about rejection or like not feeling like I was, you know, but I feel like because I'm like, you know, I've, I've come to this point where it's like, you know, I've done, like I said, I've done therapy, I've done self-help, I've done growth, you know, I'm always like into like personal growth. And if, if I had not done all that first, I don't know if I would have seen what feels like to me a quick, you know, relatively quick success (laughs) in a, I still have much more to go, obviously, um, and many more levels to level up, but I feel like I'm on a good path. So, God, I really That's just talked for, like, awesome. a long time. <laughs> it was a, it's a fascinating story, and I think, you know, it's interesting, because I think I say this a lot, and then I say that I say this a lot, but I think what people bring from their first acts, we've all been told by someone or the inner voice in our head what are you doing at age 40 Mm -hmm. trying to become an actor? That is insane. 
And you're like, fair, okay, you could believe that, and then, but you could believe that about anything. Right. Like, what are you doing? There were people in my medical school class who were like 50 plus, who I'm sure have heard the same thing. But there's something about like acting or the dramatic arts or the creativity right. that people are like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But if you have this background of not only your corporate career, but you're like, life career yeah, up here right. this life that you've lived <laughs> you have the capability and like the brain development to be like too bad yeah. this is just gonna benefit me like who are you buddy on the street right. saying that this is who i am this is who i am as a person exactly. and everything's just gonna benefit you from that exactly like everything so like, do you have any advice for anyone who's thinking about getting into acting later on in there life career. <laughs> yes. Um, definitely. I mean, podcasts, your, this mm. podcast, your podcast. I love it. I'm like, Oh, it's my people. <laughs> like, we're it's all, people. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> we all just want, you know, and I love second act everybody. I have a good friend, Christy, who is a second act filmmaker. She's still a teacher. Her day job is teaching, uh, but she's taking mm. cinematography classes at UCLA and she's like shooting short films. And she's, you know, like, and she's like around my age, like we're in it together. It's like, I feel like we're like yeah. this, you know, community. Um, so anyway, I would tell people definitely listen to podcasts cause there's just so much information and then a sense of community within it. You, cause you're hearing other people's stories and you're like, Oh, I can recognize that in myself or like, Oh yeah, I've had that thought too, but they're doing it. Maybe I can do it. Um, so your podcast, um, Wendy Elaine Wright, you know, my little angel who like told me <laughs> the steps I needed to become an actor. <laughs> yeah. I love her. And her podcasts are like nine minutes long. She'll just be like, Hey, we're going to talk about this today and goodbye. And it's just like, that's it. And it's so little nuggets, yeah, yeah. little nuggets, which is great. Or like one broke actress or like, um, mm. Audrey helps actors huge. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. those are like such, Sam and Audrey are amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. those are great, mm. great, uh, resources. So I would definitely tell people to do that. Um, Jenna Fisher's book, um, the actor's life or whatever it was called. That was great because it like really just Mm -hmm. like kind of gave a step by step of like what to expect. Um, talk to your friends who are maybe doing the same thing. That's what I did. Like after, you know, the YouTube videos and all that stuff, I was just reaching out to like people I'd met in Chicago or people I'd met out here doing improv. And I was just like, how, like one of my friends, Brittany did a lot of, um, background work. And I was like, how do you do it? Like, where do you start? Mm -hmm. What's the process? You know? And so she was like, you got to register with central casting. And she kind of like gave me the rundown. I talked to my friend Shira, who's like, you know, she's been doing this for a while and she's like, you know, she's going in for like producer sessions and like, you know, you know, she's like doing it. Um, she's giving me tips and on how to like, what to do next. And she's like, trust your second city training, you know, cause at the time I, I was in that terrible on camera class with the guy in the van. And I was like, I don't, I, I assume everything is a scam or a cult, especially in LA. I'm just mm. like, I don't trust mm. anything. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm very paranoid. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know in this class and it's weird. And she's like, you graduated from second city. Like that says a lot, like use that, you know, don't feel like that is for nothing. Like make, you know, you've, you've done a lot of work. So so just, I think, talking to people and being open about your journey and connecting, you know, I love connecting with people on set. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always like, are you on Instagram? And, you know, most people are. And I'm like, it's just a nice way to stay in touch because then it's like, well, I can see what you're up to. You can see what I'm up to. We can like message. We'll remember each other's faces. And then people are like, I'm not on Instagram. I'm like, okay, well, bye forever. I'll never, if we, yeah. if you, if you gave me your number, I would see it like in three months on my phone and be like, who is this person? <laughs> 
and I will never just text you out of the blue. So it's like, I do, I mean, I hate social media in a lot of ways, but in that way, I love it as a way to like form a community, um, Mm -hmm. and like help each other out. You know, it's like recommend books, recommend classes, recommend, um, you know, or ask for recommendations or like, what's just, just seeing people when they book something and being excited for them and, yeah. Them being excited for you, and it's just like a nice, you know, it feels like we're all in it together, which, which is great. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a. I remember having this discussion with a uh, uh, one of the casting directors here in Canada, Alona Smythe, mm. on her episode about I just how. To that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, so she had this great workshop, and I mean, this is not a paid advertisement, right. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't know what it is about the veil of secrecy that there seems to be. Like, maybe there isn't an actual veil, but we just kind of make it up in our head about the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Once you're in, you're in, and you know all of the secrets, and you don't want to share right. them. And it's so different than any other job, where it's like, if you want to be an actor, there are very distinct steps to get the credentials, and you become an... Uh, sorry, if you want to become a doctor. Mm. Ugh, I can't speak. <laughs> become a doctor. There are very distinct steps to get credentialing to be the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. For acting, it's just, it's very bizarre, right? People are like, oh, like, there's just no good place to, like, get the credentials because there isn't really credentials. right? And I think the thing that frustrates me is that nothing about getting into this industry is unique to you. Somebody has done this before. And if they, if you ask, you hope they'll tell you so that other people can join in and experience it and pay it forward to others. But I'm kind of ranting, but I'm like, (laughs) there is this weird, like, secrecy. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know why, because it doesn't benefit anyone. It's not like if you learn the secrets, somebody else loses the secrets. And then now there's no, there's nothing left for them. Like, uh, it's not, it's a never ending industry anyways. yeah I think but it, it's, it's been frustrating yes for me. I think and it's because it's competitive and it's like so I think there's just like that yeah it feels like people don't want to share but then I found that when you do reach out or when you ask or when you just offer to share to people they're like oh wow thank you so much and it's like yeah. or like you know I was listening to like some casting I think it was the casting session with I think Joanna Colbert um podcast and she's like look casting directors want you to do well. Like we are rooting for you. We're hoping you're the person that's going to solve our problem. And you're like exactly what everybody's been looking for. And also we could love you, but it's not up to us. It's got to go through, you know, all these other, you know, people and agency and client and all this, the director and all these people. It's like, but we want, we're rooting for you, you know, don't feel like we're up against you. And I feel like there is that, the people, and it's probably people's inner voices where they're like, they don't yeah. want they they hate me before you even start and mm-hmm. it's like no like just and I think that's one thing I've learned in the last year is like like what I got from that class of making stuff more personal was also just like be more myself like bring more of myself mm. especially in commercials because that's mostly what I'm auditioning for and it's like you know real people so be my real yeah. self and I'm like kind of a silly weirdo sometimes and it's like well I'll just be a silly weirdo <laughs> audition not like forcing it but just I'm like well I'm just gonna be how I would be in this situation and then when I started doing that I feel like I started getting more you know momentum before I was like well this is what a mom on a commercial would be like and it's you know and I was like falling into the trap of like what do I think people want and that's not what they want at all they want you to bring your weird thing 
that will be different from everyone else's weird thing. And it's just like, well, which weird thing is it that people are going to respond to and book? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's where the advantage that we have as kind of second act actors who've been through a lot of life experiences can, again, take advantage of that is being, you know, kind of confident in yourself and who you are, having gone through therapy mm-hmm. and life and horrible bosses right. and things that major life not events. only can you <laughs> major life events not only can you pull from that to become a character mm-hmm. but also you're like the groundedness that you have in yourself I think honestly can only come with time mm-hmm. and sure there are people who are old souls when they're 17 right. but lord knows I wasn't <laughs> but I think that that's a huge advantage. I know I definitely have felt that mm-hmm. and it has come with time, knowledge, maturity, therapy, right. and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Or like the mm-hmm. thing with my agent where I feel like if I had been a younger person who didn't have, you know, experience asserting myself mm-hmm. and she'd been like we shouldn't do background, I would have been like, oh, "Okay." I would have gone into my people-pleasing yeah. mode and I would have been like, oh, "Okay, I won't. I'll just sit here and twiddle my thumbs." <laughs> And not meet anybody and not make any money and not make connections and not have amazing onset experiences um, Mm -hmm. because you told me I shouldn't. And I, you know, it's like, I think I can prioritize myself and what I want and I can like push back a little bit or I can be more Mm. assertive than I ever would have if I'd done this, you know, in my 20s where I would have been like, okay, whatever you say, you know, which is how I spent a lot of my corporate life. That's why I always stung when I would get treated like shit because I'm like... Well, I've done everything you've wanted me to do. You know, I've like put up with all of your crap. Why are you treating me like this? Yeah. You know? And then literally in my the most recent job um out here, it was like I remember my first couple years, they're like, you know, you should be more assertive. Like we want you to like speak up and I was like, okay. So then I started asserting myself and then they hated me for it. You know, I was like, Well, you told me yeah. to be assertive and then you punished me for being assertive. Like, what is the <laughs> I can't wait with, yeah. with you people. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. They like to use the word assertive because that's the buzzword. Yep. Right. But then as soon as you do it, they're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what assertive <laughs> actually meant. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. I also I also really like what you were talking about, like the people pleasing thing and like being a natural like empath and highly sensitive person. As you were saying uh, earlier, that is a pretty common thing amongst creatives and amongst actors mm-hmm. because Another thing that you can bring to acting is that, right? Right. Because that lets you have empathy for the character that you're playing Mm -hmm. as opposed to immediately going to judge the character. But I think, and I don't know about you, but if like I'm the same, right? I am a words of affirmation girl. Mm -hmm. I people please. If I had gone into acting and was trying to use that empathy and highly sensitive, my high sensitivity in my late teens, early 20s, I would not have been able to get out of that. I would have been stuck in it and stuck there. And then if I'd been rejected, that would have been like, I'm already in the gutter and now you're digging me further. Now you're stomping on my skull. (laughs) Exactly. So now it's like, okay, yeah, sure. This industry's fickle and I'm still human, but I can use that sensitivity and empathy and people pleasing and stuff like that in the character. But thank you, therapy, (laughs) I can now bring myself out. So when the inevitable, obviously, rejection happens, I can go, like you were saying, okay, I know how to deal with this now. I can kind of shift 
but then also be able to deep dive back into it when needed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and understand that like, it's not a rejection of me. It's just that someone else was better suited and yeah. good for them. I think, and that was the thing at the yeah. beginning of this, yeah. I would, I had a little more competition and like compare despair mentality, you know? And I was just like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not booking these things. I'm like, who knows? Or I'd watch commercials and I was like, well, I could have been that person. You know, I'd see stuff that I had auditioned for and I was like, well, I could have done that. You know, I was like, but, but I didn't, I didn't do it. They, that wasn't what they were looking for. They were looking for that specific person. And now I'm of the mindset where I'm like, I'm grateful that they booked it. Good for them. You know what I mean? Like, cause now I have so many more actor friends because they've been meeting people for the last year. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want everybody to book all the stuff, you know, but it's like, I can't, I don't take it as personally anymore where it's like, well, they didn't like me. It's like, well, maybe they did. Yeah. But the direct, I looked yeah. like the director's ex-wife and he was like, I don't want to look at this woman all day on set. Yeah. It reminds me of my wife or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, there's so yeah. many reasons that it could be you or not you. Yeah. And whoever it goes to, I'm like, well, good, good for them. I'm glad, they, I'm glad they booked yeah. it. You know? Yeah. So I think I that think shift yeah. in mindset has like been something that's come within the last few months. Also probably after I booked something, you know, probably helped. I'm like, okay, finally I but did, yeah. I did the thing, you know. That's a tick box of like credentialing, right? right? If you're like world, I know for me, like that, those credentials are kind of a bit, you know, they're kind of the affirming thing, right? right? Like I'm doing something right here. Right. Yeah. You, we kind of need that yeah. in whatever way, shape or form that looks, yeah. but yeah. Like I love, sure. I love making lists, you know, I'm like, I, it's, I yeah. need to like compartmentalize and like, you know, organize everything. And so I had like a long ass list of stuff last year that was like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I want to do this. You know, and it was like, I went back at the end of the year and I was like, I did everything on this list. Like I became SAG eligible. Like I worked on like TV and film sets. Like I, you know, got a commercial agent. I got headshots. I did the thing. I like auditioned. I like, you know, and then, then the next step was like, okay, but now you need to start getting callbacks and now you need to start putting yourself out there and I'm doing that. And now I'm like, okay, well now I want to like, you know, I'm going to talk to my agent about like theatrical representation. Like I want to pursue it. Mm -hmm you guys do it. Do you want to talk to me about it? If not, cool. I'm going to also like, I'll keep you as commercial, but I am going to like pursue theatrical representation Yeah, because this mm-hmm. is what I want to do. And I need to, you know, and I've talked to people cause I'm all, I also overthink things a lot. So I'm like, okay, I've got to get all my ducks in a row before I like make a move, you know? And I think part of that yeah. is just like a procrastination tactic, <laughs> but mm, part of it is also yeah. like, I just, I don't want to like do something prematurely or like do something before I'm ready um, right. So like a long time for theatrical, I'm like, well, I don't know, like, you know, I, I'm doing, I'm self-submitting, I'm doing stuff on my own, but it's smaller projects, which is great. Cause I need to like, you know, mm-hmm. cut my teeth, but I'm like, I do want to start, you know, auditioning for co-stars and things like that, but I have to have a theatrical rep to do, to get those auditions. Um, I had a point, but I forgot what it was, <laughs> but, but I think, oh, I know I was like in a, um, industry workshop a couple of weeks ago with, um, a friend who I met on a movie set, um, who she's a, an instructor and an actress and she's been doing, you know, this for a long time and she's great. Her name is Nina Roush and she's wonderful. And she did a little, um, industry, um, workshop a few weeks ago and she was talking all about casting and reps and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't know, like, I'm like, I want to do it, but I don't know if I'm ready. She's like, do it. You're ready. Do it. Pursue it. you got to like time, you know, don't sit back and wait for like the perfect time. Cause it's, you, there'll always be a reason why it's not the perfect time, you know, just like yeah. there were always, 
And you never know when your theater is going to close or when you're going to yeah. get fired or you're going to get like your or a, or a pandemic. Yeah, your pandemic yeah. or like whatever. It's like anything could happen at any time. So it's like just keep yeah. moving forward. So I think as long as I'm doing, taking steps in some form or another to move forward in this, um, yeah. you know, then it's, mm-hmm. it's good. <laughs> Do you have anything you're looking forward to? coming up this year um hopefully going back to visit some friends in Chicago that's like our biggest thing we went there in 2018 with the intention of like we'll probably come back like every other year so we were planning on coming back in 2020 obviously that didn't happen um so it's been we haven't been there in four years and like you know that's where many of our good friends are and like their kids you know like their kid now we've been out here for seven years so it's like kids who were like seven when we left are now like 14 and I'm like what this <laughs> is <laughs> so weird so we really need to like get back and see a lot of people Uh, and that's like the main thing is just kind of looking forward to that and then um my husband and I so he still has his marketing day job but he screenwrites on the side and he's getting good momentum right now and he's like starting to get like considers and recommends and great coverage and things like that um and we co-wrote something together uh last year that did decently like it went to like second round of Austin Film Fest and stuff like that and I'm like we need to like market this you know so like we're gonna um I think probably like in the next week or two we're gonna start on like a pitch deck for like that movie it's like a horror comedy um that we wrote together and so we want to start like and I need I need to get a website you know I'm like right now I have like my email signatures like all my individual links of like my social media and like my casting sites I'm like I just need a website where I can put all this stuff together I want to do a website with Scott so it's like our shared kind of you know it's like the writing the acting together um he's my he's my teammate (laughs) I think that that's that's so important and I think you know we don't have teams as second act actors because we don't come from theater school Mm -hmm. and so we have to find them on our own and that can be tricky especially when there's this veil of secrecy like you're saying (laughs) um so I think yeah that's so I think it's so great to have such a supportive partner I think that's you know, especially somebody like that's so great that he was like, you should do acting. It's like he was kind of watching. He's got to be like watching for a while. I've been like, I think she needs to do. Yeah. This. Like, that's really cool. Like, there, there's no way that was a spur of the moment. Like, <laughs> Aaron should do acting. Like, he's been thinking about it. Like, right. that's yeah. that's really special. Right. Even though it felt like it at the time, because I was like, what? I bet. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? And he's like, yeah, I think you can do it. Like, Aww. let's do it. And I'm like, okay. That's so cool. You know, of course, the reality is then like, you know, and then I walk away from you know, it was like a decent paying job. Yeah. Yeah. To, you know, and benefits and stuff to being like, okay, well now I'm like unemployed question mark. <laughs> it's like cobbling stuff. Yes. Self-employed. Entrepreneur. Yes. Yes. Entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> but no, I know. And I think I remember talking to somebody about like, Oh, what did the word she used it? It was like, wealth trauma or something like that and I'm like I have never heard that before Uh, I would relate to it it's that that you know that feeling of what am I doing like I can't getting rid of the benefits the whatever RSP 401k whatever in the states it's called yeah wealth trauma I was like that's an interesting word okay that's a good term because yeah we definitely experienced that because there was like the conscious like yeah do this and then there was like the but oh shit like we're not wait, what? <laughs> wait, what's our daily yeah. budget now? Wait. Oh, okay. You know, so there it was a huge yeah. adjustment and a lot of huge um, sacrifices, you know, yeah. like we can't live the same lifestyle that we were living before. But at the same time, I'm like, 
I've never felt more where I'm supposed to be. You know, I finally, finally, I'm now, I just turned 43 in April. I'm finally like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, like I'm on that path and it feels good. Yeah. Of course, talk to me again in 10 years. We'll see like what. You know? <laughs> I might be like, oh my God, I only booked that one commercial 10 years ago. That's, I think that's the coolest part about the industry. Well, I don't know. There's lots of cool things. But, like, literally, tomorrow could bring anything. Right. It's so unpredictable, and I hate that. But I also love that. Because tomorrow could be, like, this huge audition that lands, mm-hmm. and you do it, you crush it, and everything could change. Right. For, for good and for bad, but, like, it, the unpredictability is kind of exciting. Yeah, it is. I think. Well, we talk yeah. about it, we're like, um, it's like modern-day gold rush. You know, it's like, you come to California, Ooh. and it's like, you know, anything, could, you could, like, hit gold at any moment, or you could just toil for a long time, but it's like, the oppor- <laughs> the, like, the possibility that you could, like, yeah. hit on something is mm-hmm. exciting, and it's like, that... Yeah was never going to happen in any of my soul-sucking day jobs. <laughs> like, yes. the, and any time I tried to sort of, like, get more of, like, a momentum, it was squashed because that's, you know, a, se- yeah. a separate podcast for the, the managerial styles <laughs> of uh, humans, but, you know. <laughs> Do you have any final words of wisdom? Um, I think just follow your gut, you know. Surround yourself with kind people you know, be honest when you're struggling and be supportive to others when they're struggling and, you know, try to find the humor (laughs) in in everything. It's the only way I get through. Thank you everyone for tuning in and thank you, Erin, for being my guest this week. Thank you for being my absolute favorite trash bag from Florida. I'm still laughing about that. I don't know why. That just tickles my funny bones so much. I love it. You're absolutely great, Erin. Oh my goodness. I also want to say a massive thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to my passion project of a podcast through 2022. There are just no words. I'm absolutely speechless. All the wonderful comments, feedback, constructive criticism I've gotten uh, since I started this in March really does truly mean a lot to me. I have some incredible guests coming up for you in 2023. I've recorded over 100 episodes. I've got episodes already recorded up till October of next year. So please, please stick around and keep on listening. We are not stopping. I got another episode for you coming up next week when we enter into a new year of 2023. I hope you'll tune in. Bye. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume, additional sound editing by David Studio, additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer, show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. 
It takes serious courage to share your story with the world. So if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Bye!